Hey guys, welcome back to the Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. We got Michelle Demers in the house from Noise Bleed Sound. What up? Woohoo! Hello. <laughs> uh, real quick, guys, you can follow us on social media as always, Tunes Tunes Podcast. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud or not SoundCloud. What the heck? iTunes, Google Play. <laughs> ain't no SoundCloud in this bitch. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts is what I was getting at. So, um, and also shout out to Vanessa House hooking us up with these beers. Yay! <sighs> these guys are awesome. They um, as nerdy as me, and so uh, you know, <laughs> there's, I'm excited to have them on board as uh, our first sponsor for the show. And so shout out to these guys. I'm sipping on the uh, Garage Fire. What's that pale ale? What are you drinking again? I'm drinking the. Pina colada ale. Yeah, the pina colada. It's huh. tropical, breezy, and coconut. Nice. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to use that as their sound bite. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you in. And so we uh, kind of met mutually through uh, Parker. Yes. And you're in a band, in Noise Bleed Sound, you're in a band with him. Yes. And so, um, but yeah, how long have you known him? Like, you guys been playing music together for a while, I guess? I've known him since 2013 when we got into our first band together uh, while at ACM together. And then two years later, we were in another band together (laughs) through ACM as well. And he asked me and our other guitarist now if we want to start a band with him. And he already had four songs. He had the name. He had the business, LLC, all that. So we were just like, sure, let's jump on it. Dang, yeah. Nice All the hard work's done. Yeah, I'll well, go. <laughs> I'd, already re- I'd already recorded that EP without even knowing that it was going to be a band. So oh, that's cool. my voice is already on it. So I was like, okay, sure. I mean, <laughs> at this point, kind of stupid not to. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's definitely cool what's going on there at the ACM. I know a lot of people uh, that have gone there and then um, gone on to like, you know, kind of pursue that avenue and trying to make in the music biz and i think it's really cool it's like one of two right there's the other ones in yes. like london randomly oh yeah no well, that, was, that was the first one yeah technically oklahoma's the random one um oh yeah yeah it's i loved enough. it i mean <laughs> fair enough <laughs> really oklahoma's the random everything <laughs> but i love going there uh without it i wouldn't be in noisably sound uh without it i have wouldn't have worked with any of the great people I've worked with. So I am very grateful. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I think it's a really cool thing that, you know, it's actually, you know, helping people kind of pursue what they want to do, like what they have a passion for. Yes. It's giving us a lot of information that most people just don't get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool because, you know, like I said, I have a couple of friends. So like you guys actually get to learn like the business side of it. Like, yeah. you, you know, it's important to have like the music side of it down, you know, that's like the foundation, but. Oh yeah. All of us have to learn like all, at least a little bit of all three. Like we all have to have a little bit of production, a little bit of business, a little bit of performance, which is great because music's about so much more than just banging around. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you kind of mentioned uh, before that you, uh, you know, you're, a fan of like a emo music, I guess. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, back in when the I was day. younger. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but like you hear about like a lot of those bands were just like in shit record deals because like yep. they had no idea like what was going on. Like, <laughs> and so you have like awesome bands like say like like Matchbook Romance or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know did or Hawthorne Heights. Those guys have been like run into the ground. Yeah, and they're still even touring and everything, but they like have you know, well past like their, uh, I guess, relevance where 
Which oh, I would so go. Still, I would still go see them though. I mean, shout yeah. out to Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> no, I, I, my younger days, I love that type of music, but I quickly realized that all of those bands I liked would die so fast. I know. Yeah. And not even because they were dying themselves just because they got into really bad areas yeah. of the music industry. Yeah. Which luckily I think I have learned better. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have learned better. <laughs> we'll see in the future where I end up. Yeah, definitely. It's just, but you hear about like all these bands that just, you know, kind of flare up real quick and then there's just never, there's no longevity. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, you guys are getting a lot of great skills there and like yeah. learning the side that maybe something like that might have benefited some of those bands. And oh, so yeah. I think it's interesting. Very lucky. But yeah, the, so like the whole vibe behind the show is, um, you know, the two things that we talk about are music and anime. That's where the, the perfect. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that's where the tunes, tunes comes from. It's to, to, to the two different times. Ah, kinds. okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> just it. me trying to be clever. Yeah. <laughs> but. I kind of like pick those things because like low key, those are the things that, you know, back in the day you would like really get shit on for things that you liked. Like anime yeah. was like definitely not the cool thing to no, be into. Not at all. And depending on what like genre of music or like bands you liked, you'd probably get shit on for stuff like that too. Yep. And so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to pursue that. What was kind of your intro into anime? Like I know you have like some of your like favorite shows and we're going to talk about those, but what was like your initial, like the first like intro into it? Um, My friends. <laughs> I had a friend who was she she loved anime to the point that she would cosplay quite consistently. And my other friend, she got into it because of her. And then I kind of got dragged in because I was like, well, you two are in there. I might as well dip my toe. And I, I kind of had like as a child, like Yu-Gi-Oh and Naruto. Classic. So <laughs> obviously I had a little bit. So I could I dip my toe when I was younger. But yeah, I just went head on after that like things haven't come back to the <laughs> surface it's just gone now I'm, I'm under the waves dead <laughs> <laughs> was there like a specific show that maybe one of your friends were into that was like the first thing that you kind of latched onto um s sadly enough it was naruto because my friend that okay, my yeah. original friend who loved it like again I, when i was a kid i watched it but i didn't really think much of it uh most because i was wanting to go to sleep and <laughs> Yeah, I was just I was just turning on the TV to go to sleep. But uh, she was like, "Yeah, watch this." And I, as a happy middle schooler, was like, "Okay, sure." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, ninjas!" I got so happy. <laughs> and there's like a million episodes of that show too. Oh my god! Like, yeah, no, I I never finished that. I I got to the the entirety of the original Naruto, and then they came up with the Shippuden. And yeah. oh, nope, nope, I died after like fifty episodes. I was like, "Okay, my oh, it's a lot." <laughs> a lot. Yeah, there's a there's a guy that's been on my show a couple times before. His name's Tim Wynn. And I was giving I always have to give him the shout out when we talk about Naruto because he's uh he's seen every episode like multiple times. Oh my dear lord. It's like his thing. And so he just like he wears the badge proudly. <laughs> I've legitimately tried because like I, I I will admit I've got this weird thing about like I have to like if I get so far into something, even if it turns out bad, I yeah. have to finish it. I still haven't finished that one or bleach. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. See, I never got into Cause bleach. I get, you get 200 episodes in and you're like, what's something else? So once I leave it for like a year, I have to rewatch the entire thing. So I've rewatched like 200 episodes. God damn. I haven't done that in a while, but I've done it like at least three times with Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was trying so hard. 
Man, yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, there's something about like starting a show and you're like, like you said, like even if you don't like it, when you get so far in, you're like, let me just power through it. It's just (laughs) at that point, if you don't succeed, that almost feels like you just wasted like hours of time. That'll take days of your life. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I've talked to people about that because, you know, as you can imagine, like I have so many people on the show, you know, they're bound to have like one or two shows I haven't watched. Yeah. And so now I have like this huge list of shows. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to watch all this stuff. And so I've tried to like try to figure out how to like dip my toe into some of them. Like yeah. maybe give them a few episodes and see if I can get into it. But at the same time, it's like, man, like a lot of them you'll hear people say like, oh, you know, you got to get about 10 or 15 episodes yeah. in. That's when it really gets good. And I'm like, God damn. I've got two episode rule. It's got to yeah, like, be like, okay, it looks decent by two episodes. If I can't even say that, I'm out. I'm out. And I've got, I've also got a long list because I went on to animeplanet.com, which literally has the list of anime. The list. Like it has the list (laughs) of anime from the beginning to now to actually future. And so I was like, okay, time to just get at it. I immediately knocked out anything that was like older than the (laughs) seventies. Wasn't touching that. No throwbacks. Nothing. If you're in the seventies or older, I've got, I've got an issue with that. This drawing style kills my soul, but (laughs) everything else was on the list and I don't like hardcore romance. I don't like mm, dirty stuff. So I got a lot of shows. The hentai list. I got, I got problems with that. It disturbs (laughs) me. (laughs) We're doing a hentai episode, so I won't, I'll keep you off of that. That's a good idea. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I always joke with my friends that we're going to do one. I'm like, I might feel too dirty after doing this. Yeah. Every time I have to watch like a YouTube video and they're talking about anime, obviously there's going to be those clips of the girls jumping onto the guys with their boobs flying. I'm like, ah, (laughs) okay. That's, that's, that's not real life, but uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's like we we talk about that a lot, you know, just like the common tropes that always come in. And you're like, of course, like the ditzy big boob girl is going to come out of nowhere. Like, well, yeah, I mean, they're the best characters. (laughs) (laughs) They've got so much plot development, man. Yeah, but there's something to say about like, you know, some of those older ones, because I think some of those like like you're saying, you don't mess with anything like around the 70s or whatever. But some of that stuff just doesn't hold up that well. And I can kind of get on board with that. I think Lupin the Third's around that age. Yeah. And that one's kind of borderline with me sometimes. Like I see it and I'm like, hmm. Like the animators got a little lazy on this. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the only show that I can think of that I ever like watched that was older that I actually enjoyed was the original Gundam. Oh, yeah. But then I watched Gundam Zero Zero and I actually preferred it. And so I was like, eh, sorry. Yeah. But a big reason I preferred it is because like, I'm not a huge fan of the old drawing style. Just really can't get into it yeah hey so. those mechs they look beautiful though with, oh like, some yeah of the new ones. it's amazing um, how they can do the mechs so well and yeah. then the people are just busted <laughs> well they've like focused all their time and energy on that. yeah <laughs> you know they had like 10 people just like going over and over on this and they're like yeah you can just scribble a face on that thing yeah. like we don't care <laughs> uh i've been i've been meaning to get into, into a eighth ms team um, but I haven't gotten into those that one of the newer Gundams. Oh, okay. And so I haven't got into that one yet. But uh, it was funny. Parker actually brought up uh, SD Gundam when we were talking. I was just uh, like, yes. oh my God, I could not stand that. Nope. I couldn't stand that like iteration of it. It's almost like the the, the real um, campy like Teen Titans that's on right now. Yeah. Like oh. versus the old, like Teen the original. Titans, go. Yeah. Versus the original. It's like, man, you can't, this can't even hold a candle to yeah, it. Yeah. Apparently the new uh, Gundam that's about to come out. Uh, this year is all going to be about like virtual Gundam players 
And they're not even called Gundams. They're going to be called like Gunplay, Gunplay, something like that. Huh. And people get their gun, they, their Gunplays, gun, Gundams, and they do virtual battles. And oh, it's like a tournament huh. thing. Almost now. like a. Yeah. So they're even. They're, like an they're, avatar type thing. Like yeah. A, they're changing like it. Sword like art entirely, type Entirely, kind of. Yeah. That's huh. what they're doing. I which is, I mean, I think it, it seems interesting, but it's not yeah. what I'm used to when it comes to Gundam. Yeah, that is tough because you're like. No, you have to be in the Gundam, and if you blow up, you die. Yeah, like, like you gotta die. That's the stakes. Like, you, what's the point? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mech. Like, if you're not gonna die, then it's kind—it's of, just a robot. That's like, the whole thing. You yeah. might as well just have it in your hand and go, and just start <laughs> bashing somebody over the head with it. It's not even worth it at that point. Yeah, my first intro in the Gundam was definitely Wing on Toonama. Mm. Uh, Toonami. Yeah. Man, Toonama. Toonami, Can't even yes. talk. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, Endless Waltz that followed after that, I watched, but... Um, I was just such a fan of that as soon as I came into it, just cause like, I think it's, you know, cause I was also had been a fan of like transformers, like yeah. beast wars and stuff like that. So like I already kind of was like in the mechs. Um, but I think, you know, whenever you get into anime, when you get into like the different styles like that, it just takes it to another level because like, oh, yeah. when you, if you look at like, um, even like eighties transformers versus eighties Gundam, oh, like yeah. Gundam is just like head and shoulders like way better like character design oh yeah it's clear they cared <laughs> oh yeah they like, cared a lot about yeah it. they gave a shit about it and, and so that's why it turned out well and that's why it's still surviving oh the shit holds it's up thriving yeah. still definitely holds up for sure oh yeah um, but, but uh yeah. i know for me my first mech wasn't even gundam it wasn't transformers it was code geass <laughs> oh yeah and my sister loved that show so i watched it with her i was like okay i get it and then i watched gundam and i was like no Code Geass like, is still a great show. You're like, but this. But Code Geass doesn't <laughs> doesn't focus as much on the mech as Gundam does. Yeah. So I, I prefer when it comes to mech shows, it will be Gundam. When it comes to crazy people, Code Geass all the way. But <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, um, it has that political undertone woven in too oh, with Gundam. Because yeah. you know, I've talked about it with a couple guests, but... Whenever you watch the show originally, like if you're a kid, you're like, these are awesome robots. Yeah. Like you don't even think about the story. Not at all. And then you go back and it's like, you know, um, Zex Kushranada and like the whole like conflict between him and the rebels and yep. like the Oz, was it the Oscorp, Oz Foundation? What is it? Oh, I can't even remember like thinking about it now, but I'd have to refresh oh, to I even like remember, remember what it was. Lord. Yeah. But <laughs> Tall Geese and like how badass his Gundam was. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like super political, like in tone and you don't even yeah. think about it as you a kid. You don't realize it. Yeah. Like, you're just like, these robots are cool. <laughs> it's all over your head. And then you rewatch it again. You're like, well, this doesn't seem right. This isn't the show I remember. <laughs> Design's yeah. about right, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the shows I wanted to get into that you'd said was like, uh, basically like your all time favorite, um, is actually just called reborn in America, wasn't it? Yes. But as I. How, how do you say Katekyo Hitman Reborn? Yeah, something like that. Something I don't one hundred percent know. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of like I haven't got super into that one, but I do know it's like like mafia style. Yeah, like the guy, like the main guy, is like uh, basically like he's next in line to take over like his like family's mafia. But yes, why don't you talk a little bit about that show? Like kind of like the draw to it. Like what makes what made you like it so much, and what kind of makes it stand out? Um, I found it on Hulu, and. I was just looking for a show to like kill time. And then I found it was subtitled, which meant I couldn't kill time anymore. I like legitimately had to watch it. And 
this was one of the shows that had to be a two episode thing. Cause the first episode I was like, this is so dumb. <laughs> this is so dumb. Why is there a talking baby? What the hell is going on? I don't get this. And then I got the second episode through and I was like, okay. You're like, hold on. They might've done something. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest. The, the, the character that kind of like did it for me <laughs> is a guy named Hibari. <laughs> Favorite anime character of all time for me. <laughs> It's not even like, he's not even like super deep or complicated or like a nice guy or anything. No, he's just, he's just a, a dill hole who says, I'll bite you to death all the time. <laughs> like he'll just, if you, he's a great fighter, but if you get in his way, he's like, Kamikorosu, I will kill you. I will bite you to death right now. It's like, I want to be able to say that. I just want to be able to look at somebody and be like, I want, I'll bite you to death. Get out of my way. And he could just do it and sound so cool doing it. <laughs> so cool. Like if I say that, somebody's going to look at me like I'm just the creepiest person You're on like, the planet. You're like, okay, the police are on their way. Yeah, they're just gonna be like, so you need a mental hospital right now. He did it and it was so flippin' cool. I was so happy and after that, I kept watching. I was like, this show is so great. And I don't want, like most people who watch it with me, at first, they, they don't understand where I'm coming from. It takes them a few arcs because obviously like long shows have like, the yeah. first arc that's kind of boring. And it's like a, it's a shonen, right? So it's kind of like has some of those tropes. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a 250 episode show. So it's, it's long. It's got a lot. Um, it does repeat, but I love it. I shouldn't love it, but I do. I do. <laughs> it's like I the do. guilty pleasure. I'm not, I don't even feel not any even guilt guilty about it. I'm just like, <laughs> I love it. Like, <laughs> I've got a tattoo of Kamikurasu on my back because of this show. Oh, wow. I will always love this show. I am a dork and I accept it because of this show. <laughs> well, it was just, yeah, I knew that you must have been a huge fan of it because yes. when I ask people if they have like an all-time favorite, they usually have a really hard time and they're like, no, like I don't think I can. But you're like, no, decidedly, this is what it is. <laughs> this one, yes. I had no problem. Prior to this, like, I'd be like, ah, eh, you know, maybe Ropa, maybe. But no. This show did it for me. And I was like, yep, I, I am set for life. <laughs> I've got my show. <laughs> if I could have one show in my life for the rest of my life, it'd be that show. Yeah. So what's like, um, you know, maybe for someone that hasn't watched it, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I've only yeah. seen like clips. I just like look clips of it up. So like I knew what it was like, kind of what the vibe was. For someone that maybe hasn't seen it, can you kind of describe some of the conflicts? Like maybe some of the main storylines about like. Uh, sure. Yeah. The um, show and everything. Well, the show's a comedy action, like most shonens. Um, it's about a character named Suna. And for the first arc, he's mostly just figuring out that he's now going to be a mafia boss at some point in the future. And he's got a tutor named Reborn who is trying to teach him to be this mafia boss. But the tutor is a, a baby, which we later learn he's not actually a baby. But... <laughs> That's not really important right now, but <laughs> he's got the Gary Coleman. Ah, yes. No, but, um, <laughs> uh, after like the, for the first while, the entire goal is from to make his own family. So he finds different characters throughout the show that make his little, little mafioso and they're all happy. And, um, some of them think it's a game that he's playing. They're all kind of stupid, but it's great. <laughs> and after, but they're endearing. I'm sure. Yes. And then, uh, the, his last member he actually finds is actually one of the first antagonists of the show named Mukuro. Big battle through that. He's got his full team. And then after that comes the conflict. 
oopsies, comes a conflict <laughs> with the actual mafia family he's supposed to be running because obviously they don't want some random Japanese kid who doesn't live in Italy, who doesn't know anything about the mafia, who doesn't know how it actually be worth anything because he's, he's called no good sooner for a reason. So everybody's basically fighting over whether or not he should be a mafia. Like uh, the next in line to run it. Yeah. They're all confused as to how this happened. He's this nice kid. Wouldn't kill a fly. Couldn't kill a fly. He couldn't even catch a fly to kill it. Like he, <laughs> he's not even that good. And so after that, it's mostly just them trying to prove that he's not worth it. And then later on, like their last season is actually them all. There's a lot of fantasy elements. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's a lot of things that obviously not real. Like it sounds mafia. Like, Oh, there's going to be a lot of guns. No, they've also got magical powers. Like it's not. Oh, okay. Like It's like magic. Like they have like flames on their heads. Like it's really weird. Huh. I didn't they really expect fight. that. Yeah. yeah. They still fight. Like he fights with Tonfa's, um, Mukuro fights with a spear. Like they still fight physically, yeah. but they also fight with fire, which I never 100% understood, but I didn't have to understand. It <laughs> You're I like, whatever. It. Okay. I was like, well, I'll go with it. It's anime, but they end up going to the future. <laughs> My God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cause there is a, uh, weapon that another baby has <laughs> called Lampo and it's a 10 year bazooka and it shoots you 10 years into the future. It's only supposed to last five minutes, but it malfunctions. And it keeps them there. They're My God. stuck and they have to find a way back. My so, gosh. It's a really weird show, but I love it because it's weird. Yeah, that's super, like, I don't know if that's so different. Yeah, most people that's don't like so many different elements. Yeah, yeah, most people don't like it. I forced my sister and my brother to watch it. And they both watch anime. They don't love anime, but they both watch it. They both liked it. And they neither of them have the same taste that I do. Neither of them have the same taste as each other. But then I've also got uh, my best friend who hates the show but she hates the babies oh okay she she hates talking babies which i totally understand yeah that's kind of yeah that was the first episode i was like no i it's a baby it's talking i can't i can't but i survived after a while yeah well it's like a common you know it's like the uh uh Koenma and Yu Yu Hakusho or something, you know, like the, yeah. the talking baby thing. It's, it's disturbing. It's like a common thing. But but once I found out it wasn't actually a baby, I was like, okay. I actually had to look that up though. I was like, okay, let me look up this baby. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if I can deal with this. And I was and like, oh, like oh, okay. I can tolerate that. I can deal with that. <laughs> I would have had issues if, if it were an actual baby. No baby should be that smart. It's not fair. <laughs> baby geniuses. Nope. Based Our on his views. exploits. Nope. <laughs> babies are meant to sit there, cry and make ugly faces. Not, not shoot you. <laughs> become mafia bosses. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't become mafia boss. He's oh. simply the best assassin. Oh, in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you have the best assassin. It's a baby. He doesn't even hide in cribs. It's not like he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a baby. I'm going to shoot you while I'm in my crib. No, he's fighting. Like, <laughs> how does that make sense? Because anime. Exactly. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not fight it any longer. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, it sounds like it incorporates a lot of different elements. So maybe oh, yeah. it's like why, you know, you're kind of saying your siblings like have different tastes than you, but they both kind of found things that they liked about yeah. it. Yeah. So maybe a testament to, you know, them kind of inc- incorporating multiple yeah. themes. It doesn't have Echi and it doesn't have uh, Mecca. But those are like the only two things it doesn't have. Yeah, it's like literally the two things. <laughs> it's got supernatural. It's got it's got fighting. It's got comedy. It's got romance. It's got everything else. Well, I mean, 
Does it have any gay characters? I don't think so. Maybe, Maybe they closeted. Maybe. Oh, I know there was a gay character. Never mind. They got gay too. They got everything. <laughs> they got gay too. Yep. They got everything. <laughs> oh man. I don't. As an animal, don't worry. Oh yes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, another show that you had uh, mentioned that you were a fan of was Koruko no Basuke. Yes. <laughs> uh, that one's actually an uh, interesting pull because uh, one of my other guests, I'd never heard of it, and she told me she actually told me that one was her favorite of all time. Ah, yes. And so I don't get super into the uh, the sports ones. Yeah. Um, I did the one that I always uh, talk about is um, Captain Subasa. I don't know if you've seen that. I've never seen that one. Actually, I think it's from the seventies, so you wouldn't have seen it. Ah, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, when I lived in Mexico, there was like a dub of it. Okay. And so I watched like this Japanese cartoon in Mexico. <laughs> so it's like, what the heck? But no, so it's it's like a it was a soccer like. A soccer anime, okay. basically, but it's like incorporates a lot of the elements. You know, there's there's a lot of slow motion, a lot of like you know frozen faces, like gasping, and yeah, uh, a lot of those same elements. But yeah, so that was really the only kind of um, sports anime I ever got into. But this one actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I typically don't like sports and like I've liked a few, and I try to like some. Like I try to like I try to like one from each sport because I can't do more than one. But I haven't really found a soccer one I like. Yeah. I was okay with Prince of Tennis, but Prince of Tennis is again one of those shows that I saw as a kid. So I've got like an awkward loyalty basis to these anime shows. So even though they're cheesy beyond belief, <laughs> I will follow them to the grave. Like okay, maybe not the grave, but I'll follow them until they die at least. <laughs> and um, Krogan Nebraska, like I really wasn't, I didn't have high expectations of it. And then Parker, he actually suggested it to me and I was like, well, sure. Did not realize at the time that there was going to be another season. I don't watch things that are really new because I don't like waiting. Oh yeah. I wait I until you. things are done. This dude, he was like, oh yeah, no, they've already got that. They've got the, the full seasons out. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Watch the full season. Find out at the end, there's going to be a second season. I was like, You're like God damn it. So I had to wait. <laughs> and then they came out with the full second season. I got all excited, but then I looked it up and I was like, I looked it up. They had third season. I was like, dang, but I watched it all and I still loved it. And I was like, I've never liked a sports anime like that. My sister, again, I tried forcing her to watch it. She hated it, but she hates sports animes. So I was like, okay, sadly enough, Croco Nebraska isn't universal, but it's still a great show. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like an interesting, um, like concept. Cause she, yeah. she kind of told me about it. It was like the, uh, you know, the, that classic story of like the guy trying to impress the girl type of thing and kind of, it kind of incorporates uh, some different elements. So it's not just like the same old, like high school trope or anything, Yeah, but, which I mean, that's the roots of it. So there's definitely going to be some of that shit in it, but I mean, Hey, what can you do? But it sounds like it's really cool, but it reminds me of one, like I saw a clip of another one called Haikyuu. And it's like, yeah. a, like volleyball one. Yeah. That, and that one looks ridiculous. Too. Yeah. I'm excited for that one too. But that one again, like they're still coming out with seasons for that one. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to watch it. <laughs> I am not allowed. Like I ban myself from these TV shows. Well, it's just kind of something, you know, like we, we get so used to just binge watching, you yep. know, we want to be able to watch everything, which like there was nothing worse. Cause like I grew up and you know, I'm kind of like the self-professed, like basic bitch king of anime. Like, <laughs> I only watched the shit was on like that was like on Toonami initially. Yeah, and so you know you'd get so used to 
coming and watching like Dragon Ball Z and then like you get like some awful filler episode on a Friday yeah, and you don't have anything until Monday and you're like, God damn it. Like you guys blue balled me again. Oh. But they always like, and they, they would restart, like they would get up to a certain point to where they didn't have like the, uh, they didn't have it dubbed in America. And at that yeah. time, it's not, it's not like you can go online like easily and like watch stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they would get, you know, all the way to the end of an arc and start at the very beginning of the show. And I'm like, Christ. I always hated that. Again, cheesy moment because it's a cheesy show. But I remember that used to happen to me again as a kid with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. <laughs> I'd already finished all of Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, I was, I was, I was like, sure, I'm going to go Yu-Gi-Oh! GX as well. Did not like it as much, but I had loyalty. I was going to stick with it. You're like, God damn it, I watched it. I'm going to watch all of it. Exactly. Well, I, I actually stuck with that thought process until I hit 5D. And I got like halfway through 5D. And then I found out they were coming out of Yu-Gi-Oh! Zizel, Zikels, I can't remember. I can't even pronounce it. And I saw like the trailer for it and I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm in high school at this point. I'm not willing to stick with this amount of loyalty. I'll stick with the shows I've watched. <laughs> I've got that loyalty already. I'm done. I'm cutting you off, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> You've done me wrong. Well, that's basically just them. I mean, at some point you kind of tell it's like, it's just them trying to keep up with it so they can keep like monetizing it yeah. like, and making the cards and making money. Like, they went too far. That's how the point, like <laughs> that's at the point where it is for Pokemon for me. Cause I'm like, okay, yep. there's like a, a keychain Pokemon now. Like really? <laughs> Why did we need a doorknob Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> oh no, I was getting, so I have a uh, two baby brothers. Uh, one's named Eli, one's named Alex, 10 and eight. And, I don't really get to see them a lot because they live in Kansas, but I saw them. This was a, I want to say a little under a month ago that we were talking about anime because I made a comment about it. And my little brother, Eli, looks at me. He's like, you don't watch Naruto, do you? And I was like, what is up with the sass? <laughs> like, like, who bitch? are you? <laughs> and I was like, Chiquito. I was growing up with Naruto. He was like, well, that Pokemon. I was like, I watched the original Pokemon. You can shut up now. Shut up, sit down. Don't talk. Yeah, you don't have a dog in this fight. Like, you don't have Misty. You don't have Brock. You can't talk. Like, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> and I told, and I was like, he was like, what about Yugi? I was like, what's Yugi? He's like, original. I was like, okay. You're my brother. For now. Yeah. <laughs> You're my brother. You're cool for, for now. For now. <laughs> but he was this close to just being punked out of the house list, right yeah. there. I was like, ooh. It Love is, you, but nope, you got you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a lot of the guys I talked to on the show too, they um, it's funny how polarizing some of the shows are. Yeah, like because we did a whole we did a Digimon versus Pokemon episode for like the, <laughs> the first season of each and the first movie of each. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's like 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 crazy. Like, yep, it's like Bloods and Crips type. Oh god, yeah. I'm like man. Cause I, whenever I was forced watching, like I watched both shows and I was just like, Oh, these are both like cool shows. I never thought about them like competing with each other. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it seemed like everyone had like a hard stance one way or the other. And so I was like, shit, like I like both shows. Like, yeah. But some people are just like hardcore, like, nah, Digimon's dumb or no Pokemon. They're slave drivers. Like I've heard people like that. <laughs> I never watched Digimon, but my, my, uh, older brother did and I never we never got into arguments about like you do you I'll do me I mean I prefer Pokemon because of course 
I watched it, but I'm not going down something I literally don't know anything about. That's true. <laughs> I don't know anything about yeah. Digimon. I know Pl- there's creatures on it. Yeah. Plus, the games are undefeated. Like, the Pokemon games? Oh. Undefeated. Yeah. Like, out of all anime-based games, I feel like Pokemon's kind of oh, yeah. got a on lock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've they've run away with it. They've got I the tried title. getting Yu-Gi-Oh! games. Card it's game I was good, good. With, Yeah. But the actual, it's like, just not PS1 game. Yeah. I remember playing that. I've got the app. Oh, yeah. I yeah, had I've it for got a while, the but I deleted app. it. I loved that one, but then I got lazy. I couldn't understand it. I was like, dang it. What? Yeah, I was too dumb, I guess. Nah, I love Duel Links. But the only reason I understand it is because I literally spent years trying to understand the game because the game of Yu-Gi-Oh! really doesn't make sense in the show. Yeah, that is true. Like, they don't play it the same way in the show. Not at all. And apparently, like, there's a lot of rules that are on cards that... They don't have in the show, oh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So the show doesn't teach you crap about the gameplay. So I would spend hours a day trying to learn this screwy, screwy, screwy card <laughs> game. And I would play against my brother because he didn't know anything. So it was easy to win against him, except for he had like all the Egyptian God cards. Oh. Like he had every- Exodia. Yes, he had Exodia. <laughs> he had everything. And I had like Red Eyes, Black Dragon, and- Dark Magician. Hey, so shout I out had to Red Eyes. decent cards. You had that, uh, you had that Yugi starter deck and that Joey I had, starter uh, yeah, deck. Yeah, well, I, I got, I had some I decent mixed. cards, yeah. but all my like weird cards were weird for a reason. Like nobody wanted <laughs> those. Like I had the weirdest cards and I had to learn how to make them useful because, oh my God. Yeah, I remember that. Like, uh, there were some things like they. Um, I think in the in the show they would like sacrifice some of the weaker ones to bring out the strong. Yeah, if you have a card, but, like that's, we never like, played like that. I was if like, if you huh? have a card with five stars, you have to sacrifice like two monsters. Yeah, and uh, if you have a card with six, not seven, you have to sacrifice three. Yeah, and so it was like I we never played that way. Yeah, <laughs> like I would watch on the show and be like, what the fuck? Like I had to spend hours. And even some of those big baddies, you can't even sacrifice. You have to do like a very, 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 very special summon. Oh, yeah. And it's like, how would I ever meet these conditions? I know. You're like, you have to have like the perfect like, I can try scenario. and believe in the heart of the cards. I really could. <laughs> but it did nothing. What did the card? What did the heart of the cards ever do for me? I Nothing. I can tell you that. I Not lost almost thing. every game, even though I knew the rules and Zeus knew <laughs> crap. <laughs> Um, one of the ones I did want to ask you about, um, I hadn't checked it out yet or anything, and I was hoping you can kind of do a little exposition like you did with Reborn. Okay. Um, assassination Classroom. Oh. So just from like the sound of it, it sounds like it's like the, I didn't know if it's like a normal, like, uh, if it was like a shonen like high school trope or if it's like different than that. Like what's kind of the whole vibe behind that show? Um, the show's a, the show's basically like there's a school that like it's all about like the elite and they are very harsh on their grading. And obviously there's a loser class. The loser class gets to be put way, way away from the school. They have a long hike and their teacher is an alien. (laughs) It's not really an alien, but it's actually like, it's like an octopus looking creature. And the goal for this class is they can, they will pass and they'll get loads of money if they can kill him. Jesus. It's a very fun, it's a, it's a humorous show. Like, oh, like okay. even the teacher, like the teacher wants to teach them. Like he's really helpful and he actually gave them this goal. He's like, okay, your guys' job is to kill me by the end of the year. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and then he he spends the rest of his time teaching these kids who, who 
who failed at classes all the time and they all learn a lot. They end up really liking him. They don't want to kill him, but you know, he, he, he kind of needs to die because you know, he's, he's going to blow up or something. I don't, I can't, I don't remember for sure, but <laughs> there's some reason, there's no, a overarching reason, he reason has to die. Gotcha. And, um, so he's like, yep, kill me. That was it. Kill me or I'll blow up the world. That was oh, it. Oh, okay. I will destroy the planet if you don't kill me. And he had already like destroyed half of the moon to prove that he could do it. <laughs> and they were like, oh no, we believe you. So you've got like a class of 20, 15 year olds being ordered to kill. And so they're the class that it's, it's, it's humorous. It's cute. And, <laughs> but it's a, it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It sounds different. Yeah. It sounds really cool. Though. As you can tell, the shows I like are a little weird. <laughs> I got like, I got Hey Mary Born, Danganronpa, Assassination Classroom, Crocodile Basket is like the nor most normal show I watch. Yeah, that is pretty. <laughs> the most normal right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does like, and that's kind of the whole beauty of it is like, I like how different it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, there's shows that have like similar elements, but I feel like there's no show, there's no two shows that are exactly the same, you know Yeah. I mean? And there's literally like something for everyone. Oh yeah, that's why like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like Assassination Classroom is, uh, it was one of those shows that I wasn't going to watch because it was more new, but my sister pushed me into it and I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I just was kind of like, okay, it's another like 20 episode show. Usually I kind of just breeze through those and don't even think about them again. Yeah. But no, it was, it was different. I, I, I had not expected that. Like, I don't, I can't think of another show I've watched that has students happily trying to kill their teacher. Yeah. Because he wants them to. Like it's not like I hate this teacher. No, he wants them to kill him. It's 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 a beautiful relationship, really. It's a beautiful <laughs> relationship. So I was looking for my whole time in school. A teacher that wants you I know. to be angry. <laughs> hate me, children. It'll do you good in the future. <laughs> no, yeah, there's like some of the um you know, it's kind of like one of the common tropes is like the high school thing, but I think the most recent one that I've watched and, you know, I kind of nerded out with Parker about was My Hero Academia. Oh, uh, yeah. I freaking love that show. And so I just watched the first season, uh, working on the second season now, but it is so good. I'm like, I don't know. This you, year? Have you, uh, did you get into it? Or, I know you I'm said, not allowed to. I was going to say, I know you kind of I know a lot. Of, I know about yeah. it because my sister has been talking about it nonstop and yeah. she doesn't really care that I haven't watched it. I'm used to that. She realized after I refused to watch Paranoia Agent that she just needed, like, she's just going to keep talking about things until I, <laughs> I really you didn't it. watch that one. No, apparently agent. It, Oh God, it looked a little weird. It's different. <laughs> uh, it's like, but it's just kind of top of the mind for me because one of the guys I just had on Daniel Bo Kemper, okay. is a huge fan of Satoshi Kone okay. who did that show. Yeah. And, um, it's basically like, you know, he was just raving about it. And I remember it was like, uh, had a limited run on Toonami, but, um, more so like uh, Paprika, one of his, he had like four feature length movies mm. and Paprika was one of those. But the, this is like the shit that like, uh, uh, I think it's Christopher Nolan. I think that did Inception. Is that right? Whoever did Inception. Remember. Um, was basically said that he drew a ton of inspiration from like Paranoia Agent yeah. and like Paprika. And so it is different. And, you know, you seem to kind of like those ones that are a little like different. Yeah. And so this one's like his whole vibe is like he's really into like the psychological, like the the person versus themselves type of thing. Yeah. And like, you know, kind of the um the manifestation of our feelings, like 
kind of taken over like our, our everyday lives. Yes. How it, how it impacts us in our, you know, relationships with like other people and things like that. And so it's definitely a different take on some of these, like some of the common tropes. Cause you yeah. know, there's still those, like that shit's still woven in because that's just like textbook anime stuff. Yeah. There's but, some things you just can't get away from. Yeah, exactly. But the way that he kind of, you know, strays away is because of, like the way he addresses like interpersonal relationships and, you know, one's relationship with themselves. Yeah. And so it's, it's worth a watch. I mean, if you ever get a chance. I've got it on the list. I do have it on the list. Again, I know that feel, so don't worry. Yeah. Again, <laughs> my sister, she, if she really wants me to watch a show that she's watched, she'll literally like bug me about it for years. Now it's gone down to months, but <laughs> now that's how she like, she got me to watch because I wasn't going to watch Tokyo Ghoul until Tokyo Ghoul oh, came yeah. out. She forced me to that. And then I found out, okay. Oh, she's like, oh, well, you know, they keep postponing it. It's not actually going to come out. And I was like, okay, fine. No, nope, it's coming out this year. They've already got the trailers oh, and everything up. And I was you're like, like man, the, uh, you know what? I'm going to smack you. You're like the good luck charm for like, the <laughs> next season. <laughs> Apparently. I need you to watch Paranoia Agent because like <laughs> he's dead now. So there's like no way we're going to get a sequel. But if you watch it and we do, I'll, it'll blow my mind. Dear Lord. <laughs> posthumously yeah they like you watch it you watch it and then it's like it's found out that he had like secretly made the second season (laughs) and then they make it he found it and under a floorboard yeah now you get to put it up you guys you'd be like god damn it i'd be done i'd just be done (laughs) life over right then i'm gonna hide away in my room re-watch the shows i do know never touch a new one gone (laughs) Oh man. Um, so yeah, like, like I was saying earlier, like the whole vibe of the show is like, you know, we talk about the two things that I think are like the overarching things from childhood. Yes. You know, the things we watch like that as, as well as the music that we listen to. And, um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of the emo. I don't know why. I think I'm just such a huge fan of that. Like unashamed that I really like stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, I was going to, you know, that was, like, textbook, like, things you get made fun of for liking, like... A, oh, yeah. Like, a, you know, My Chemical Romance, The Used, stuff like yeah. that. Like, people are like, dude, what's your problem? You can you can still <laughs> say, like, if I ever talk about the bands I used to listen to, I'll still get looks from my bandmates. Like, you listen to them? You listen to Black Failed Brides? And I'll look at them and be like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I know it's a shame, but I am not ashamed of my past. I, I listen to Black Veil Brides. I accept my flaws. Oh my god! What's done is done. Well, you're brave for coming out on the show and that. Ah, uh, yep. Admitting that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but that's, again, like I can admit that, like my middle school. Oh man, yeah, so angsty. I listened to some very unhappy music, and then when I got into high school, I immediately went from music with English lyrics to anything that wasn't English. Jeez. Yeah. I completely did a 180 and just was like, nope, we're going to run away from the dark evil and go to (laughs) everything else. that sounds light and happy, but I don't know the words. So I actually had to start looking up the words to some of the songs because some of those foreign songs trick you. They get you. They sound like happy. And then you're like, they're telling you like, go kill a baby or something. (laughs) There was one song I was listening to uh, that was about, it was a happy song. It was cute. The people that were singing were all smiling. I was like, yay. 
Teresa, they were talking about cheating. About what? Cheating. Oh, Jesus. They're like, hey, yo, this is, it was a Korean song. They're like, hey, older lady, don't wear your perfume or else my girlfriend's gonna know. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa. And the song's called Jesus. Uh, no perfume. So I thought, oh, so like, Maybe it's a song about, oh, I like your natural scent. Oh, but I was yeah, watching a music yeah. video, and this is actually because I don't usually watch music videos, but I was watching a music video because I was showing it to my friend. And I was like, yeah, this song, this is the song I was talking about. And she, we were watching the music video together, and I was like, is it just me, or do these two Asian girls not look the same? <laughs> and Miranda being Miranda was like, play a play a. I don't know. They kind of look similar to me. And I was like, but their bangs are different. <laughs> and one Dead giveaway looks a little older. And I looked up the lyrics and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I've been listening to. I need to start <laughs> looking this crap up. Like, well, I mean, that's true even in English. Like, yep. I remember my brother uh, had, uh, he uh, had like Hinder as his ringtone at one point. And it was Lips of an Angel. Oh yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like younger than him. And I'm like, listening to the words, I'm like, are you hear what the song's saying? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's just like a cool song. And I'm like, and it says like, my girl's in the next room. I wish it was yep. you. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? It's like, this dude's like fucking around on his wife. Yep. I mean, not all songs can be as obvious as Bruno Mars' Gorilla. Oh yeah, that's like, true. Not all songs should just be like, making love like gorillas. Like not every song does that. So just that's why you need blatant. a- what? Just outright blatant. Yeah, about like it. they don't just say that typically. So you have to look into it, especially if you don't know the lyrics, if you don't know like the language. So I've learned my lesson. <laughs> um, I do not listen to that group anymore because <laughs> I don't trust them anymore. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that was a smart idea. Especially since they were called Teen Top. Oh, uh, well, see, you probably should have known from. They're called Teen Top. Like that's a happy sounding name. Like you shouldn't be talking about cheating. It sounds, I don't know, it sounds sus to me, though. I'm like, mm. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, teens on top of what? <laughs> Other mm. women. <laughs> Multiple women. <laughs> um, so that was kind of another one that I I don't know. I guess if I don't know you that well, so maybe it's not out of left field necessarily. But when you said Bruno Mars, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, what was like, uh, how did you kind of get into his music? Like, did you just, I when just, he first came out, you're like, this guy's awesome. I love him. Yeah, he's just such a, Great vocalist, great performer, um, and great songwriter. I feel like the m so many musicians nowadays, especially popular musicians in mainstream media, just don't do all that. And the ones that do some of it don't even keep doing it. Yeah, Like you have musicians who got big because they're singer-songwriters, and then they stop writing their own songs because it makes it easy, which is fine for a few songs. But if you have an entire album that you co-wrote on yeah. and he didn't act like it's like okay yeah sure you co-wrote that congratulations yeah. like you probably threw in like a run here yeah so uh, to me just knowing that there is that musician that still does all of it can go on any stage and get the entire crowd still pumped because he's actually doing a great job performing not using pyrotechnics not just making a spectacle with the stage but actually jumping around and, and interacting with people to me is great because I know that's what my band wants, wants ourselves to be. That's, that's one of the strengths that noise bleed sound has had is that like, we're, we're not the most musically talented. We're not the most musically interesting, but we are one of the more interesting bands on stage in Oklahoma city. And so seeing a musician just kill it 
oh, hey, better than noise bleed sound could ever do. <laughs> oh my God. And be such an incredible vocalist at the same time. And then on top of that, he sings about everything, especially about sex. And he just gets away with this. Like, you know what? You're singing about sex and yet you're not sounding raunchy. You're just sounding beautiful. Congratulations. That's the goal for everyone to sound is to talk, to talk about sex and just be like, yeah, I'm still an angel. <laughs> yeah, he does. He get, does get smooth with it though. Like he's, he's magical. Well, it is cool. Like I didn't know, I think, you know, when someone like that gets popular, um, I think I, you know, you kind of go back and then you're like, oh man. Cause then you find out that he like wrote a ton of songs for other people. Oh yeah. And I was like, what? I didn't know he wrote like that. Fuck you by like yeah, CeeLo Green. <laughs> I didn't know he wrote that song. I was like, oh yeah, what? he's written so much. He started as a songwriter and he, he really had to work for a long time just to get to this point, which is great. It's really impressive. And that's why like I can easily say in all of American music, he's easily my favorite. Easily. Nice. Don't get me wrong. Beyonce, she's a great singer, but <laughs> Bruno Mars beats her. He wrote half her songs, though. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, it's cool to see you guys like that. And then they go on to be famous and like do their own thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, to see people who, in your opinion, truly deserve it. Yeah. Because I can't I, count how many times I've seen people that I either, either they've admitted to it or I know somebody who knows them from ACM who's admitted that the only reason they're famous is because their daddy paid them in. Oh shit. It's like, oh, congratulations. That's that's beautiful, really. It makes sense because your music's crap, but it's nice <laughs> to know. Yeah, there's like no substance to it. Not at all. I mean, unless you're talking about your boyfriends. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, ex-boyfriends. Shots fired. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I mean there's there's other people that come to mind. Like I, I think of like Ryan Tedder from One Republic. Oh yeah. <laughs> he uh he wrote like Bleeding Love for Leona Lewis yeah. and he wrote a ton of songs for like other people. Um but then, you know, One Republic's like huge in their own right. Yep. And then, you know, he's still like doing his own thing and like writing his own music and then collaborating with like guys like Timbaland and Yeah. I think when you see guys like that, they're just so um progressive and like oh, they're yeah. sounded like it, it's so different like from album to album you, you could see like their growth yeah. musically well i'm impressed by songwriters typically like especially good songwriters <laughs> if you're a bad songwriter i'll still be impressed by you for trying but <laughs> good songwriters like whenever especially these past like i would say five years a lot of songwriters that have been in the background are singing their songs more often which is great and I honestly care more about them than I do these pop stars that don't get me wrong, make the song sound great. They, they make the song sound fantastic. And I have no problem with them doing what they do. But at the same time, of course, I'm going to respect the person who actually wrote the song just a tiny bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're the only reason you have that song to sound incredible on. And it's very rare that these artists ever go up and accept their Grammy and say, oh, thank you. This actually belongs to the songwriter who wrote this song for me. Not me. Yes, yeah. I performed it well. But this Grammy isn't for best performance of the song. This is for best song. Here you go. Yeah, well, they, they do I think they get their own Grammy, though. Because probably like, do. Uh, but I wouldn't, like, I'd just be like, you get Yeah, both. that's true. You get the, sy <laughs> the symbolic passing of it off. Yes. This is not, um, this doesn't belong to me. Well, it brings me like speaking of Beyonce, it like makes me think of like the Grammys a couple years ago when Beck won best album. Yeah. And people were like outraged because it's like Queen B. And it's like, you look at Beck's 
like album credits. Yeah. And it's like Beck, drums, guitar, accordion, like yeah. every instrument you can think of this guy yep. plays and he sings. And then you go look at like one of Beyonce songs and it's like 20 co-writers. Like yep. what the fuck? Like how, how could 20 people possibly co-write one song? I don't even like, know. That's insane. I think like, don't get me wrong. Like Beyonce is a phenomenal singer, great performer, but she's not really a songwriter. And uh, that's, that's not a problem. You don't have to be a songwriter, but the beehive is very sensitive oh, yeah. to, just, yeah. to Beyonce, which is totally understandable. You love her. Um, but I think that there's a, a limit to uh, how crazy fandoms should get. Yeah. And some fandoms cross it consistently. Like, yeah, I understand like you love Beyonce, but going at Beck for winning is, is insane. Like saying, oh yes, Beyonce was great. You can also say congratulations to Beck, though. Yeah, that's true. And almost none of them probably did that. <laughs> no. None that not. I saw did that. I mean, he literally... It might have been like two. <laughs> yeah, he plays like 20 instruments. Like, yeah. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, he probably plays more than that. <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, you know, and I don't know, given like, I, I'm just like, you know, looking at it from the outside, because did I listen to that Beck album? No. Like, I don't no. I don't really fuck with Beck like that. I didn't listen to either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, either one. Don't really. be wrong. I, I, I bet both of them were great, but I don't know. I just know that they, neither of them would be my style. So yeah, <laughs> I just didn't even try. Hey, I mean, you got your thing, you know. If it's exactly. not, if it's not it, then that's cool. It's for somebody They're else. They're both in English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They screw just, themselves over right there. Hit the sap button, and then you listen to it. Yep. <laughs> no, nah, but um, yeah, so. Kind of talking earlier about, you know, you know, in Parker and kind of being like in the local scene. Yeah. Is there something specifically that, you know, kind of sticks out to you or that kind of endears the local scene to you? And maybe not necessarily just from like a musician standpoint, but just like in general about like Oklahoma City culture? Uh, not particularly, honestly. I think that the best thing for Oklahoma City right now is that music is becoming much more important than what it had been, which is great. Um, I do believe that Oklahoma City has a lot to learn and a lot more to grow with, though. Because um, being in other cities, because Noise We Sound just got finished with our tour last year, after being in all these different cities that actually care more about music, even by a little bit, it was remarkable the difference it made to us. There's venues here in Oklahoma City that we never want to play at again because of how we've been treated. I've had people who've run venues literally say, oh, well, I don't like female-led bands, but sure, you can play. Jesus. And it's like, why okay. even have, Why even say that? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Just shut the fuck up and let us play. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, I, I, I've just noticed, I, I love Oklahoma City. I think it has a lot to learn, and it's learning, which to me is the best part about Oklahoma City, is that Oklahoma, despite it seeming like it's really closed off, it grows. It's it, it's willing to change. It's willing to become more diverse and more beautiful with its music, which is awesome. Yeah. But it will take time for sure. Yeah. I think the ACM is definitely helping with that oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, you can look at any of like the districts, I say in air quotes, <laughs> um, where it just took time and people putting in effort, like the oh, plaza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The plaza, it used to be just like a garbage part of town. Yep. But now it's like, you know, Empire and... You know, just recently they announced like a thing that they're doing to like, 
you know, give teachers like a free meal. Like if you come in with your student ID, like your teacher ID, like that's super dope. And that's like a really cool thing. And it's like a community first thing. But you start seeing like that progression in like areas like that. And you got to think, you know, maybe it's coming to the music scene next. Oh, I think it is. Like I've noticed over the past um, five years that I've been working with music pretty heavily. There has been a change and it's been great. And that's, that's, that's the part of Oklahoma that I love the most is that it does change. Um, Every time I've been to Tulsa, like Tulsa is great with its music scene. It doesn't change though, because they've already got their, it's like established. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is what we got. We're set. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) And they've got a great music scene. It's, it's great. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about Oklahoma is that we're Oklahoma city at least is that we are growing and we're learning. So we have so much, so much potential, which is awesome. We just need to make sure that the musicians in Oklahoma city and the venue owners and the people who want to be a part of it all work together and they don't kind of almost go against each other. Yeah. Cause that's something I have noticed sometimes happens is that people almost act like if you're on the business side or if you're on the performer side that you're not on the same side, but music's music. Music is supposed to be like all encompassing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Business is a different aspect than art, but I feel like music is one of the few areas where those two things should meld. Yeah, definitely. I, I never really got that like us versus them mentality. Um, but you see, make sense. <laughs> you see it like it, where it's really good about being like collaborative is like the actual like like a uh, visual artist. So like mm. you know, there's a there's a lot of people that you know, a lot of designers and a lot of you know people that do graffiti like oh yeah shit like that like all around the city and it's like super inclusive and like. Everybody's really cool and like likes to collaborate with each like with each other. And well, then, even the dancing scene in Oklahoma is actually very inclusive. Well, at least it used to be. It's gone a little more cutthroat. I've noticed. Like, um, it's going to sound weird because I don't really dance, but I used to hang out with a lot of dance crews <laughs> way back in the day, <laughs> and they were all so welcoming and warm, and they just wanted to have fun, enjoy their life, um, walk go on the side of the street, put a a tin can, and get some money. That's all they wanted, and Ever since business has kind of gotten more into, especially for like go-go dancers, I've noticed this almost ridiculously negative side of everything pop up. And it's, it's, I'm not trying to say that business ruins things. It's not that. It's just that I think there are those few people who just almost go to us versus them. Yeah, and that's the mentality. It, it just ruins everything. Yeah, and I I know like I know currently there there are issues going on with the dancing here in Oklahoma for the EDM scene, all because people won't respect each other firmly, which is crazy to me. Absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. And well, I just wonder if it's like, you know, that's kind of the traditional mindset is like, it's so cutthroat in, you know, industries like, you yeah. know, there's only so many like dance things. Like, um, I had like friends that were, that dance with like kaleidoscope here in Oklahoma. Yeah. And like, you know, a couple of them have gone on to like go to cruise ships and dance. And, and I know one girl like ended up like dancing with the Rockettes in New York. But, you know, some of those and, and music's the music industry is just industry is similar because like it has like that, you know, that reputation of being like cutthroat. And so I think that maybe some of that stems from that maybe. Yeah. Just the reputation. Yeah. People think it has to be this way. So they force it to be this exactly. way. Exactly. I whereas, can see that. Whereas like everybody else, like in the other art, in the other mediums, you know, with like you know, visual art, they're like, oh yeah, like everybody can do everything because we don't care. (laughs) I think another big part of it is probably because 
music and the dance scene, they're relatively newer yeah, in Oklahoma. True. Whereas art, um, they really like visual art really started getting bigger when the Paseo and the Plaza started yeah. building themselves. And up. then like so allied art and like every a ton all of the, growth. Yeah. And now they're kind of like, they've got their place. Yeah. I think you're right. Music and dancing. I think that those two, they're still trying to be like, yes, we're here. We're actually reputable Yeah, here in Oklahoma city. And hopefully it gets there. Yeah. Hopefully they realize that, you know, fighting doesn't do anyone any good. Um, uh, it always stuns me whenever musicians or dancers or business people try and discredit each other just because they want to feel like they're doing better, but it doesn't help anyone to be mean. <laughs> oh no, yeah, definitely. But I think we were lucky because we had like a, the collaborative mindset. And so I think if we just like pursue that, I think, Oh yeah, it'll be all right. But it's a lot more fun that way anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, thanks for coming out. Like, I really appreciate you coming and geeking out with me a little bit. No problem. <laughs> Talking music <laughs> with me. Um, real quick, great. Yeah. Why don't you tell people where they can follow, like, your band and then follow you on social media and things like that? Um, my band is under Noise Bleed Sound. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, because we do have a SoundCloud. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why the fuck I said that earlier. I'm an um, idiot. We also <laughs> apparently have a MySpace, which... What? You know, I, that sh- <laughs> we have a MySpace. It should have been deleted, but... You have a pure volume? I don't think we do. We have a Pornhub, though. <laughs> what? Nice. Uh, one of our bandmates is a little weird. <laughs> He's just getting that SEO down. And we have a YouTube, which we have multiple music videos on. And then I am Michelle Editemers on just about everything, or MDRD10 on my Instagram. So I can be found on just about every social media, except for LinkedIn. <laughs> no professional experience required. You also can't find me on Pornhub. <laughs> that will not be found. <laughs> Don't try it. That is not worth an effort. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming out. And, uh, guys, as always, you could follow us on social media, Tunes Tunes Podcast. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And as always, on uh, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. So thanks again, Michelle. No problem. Thanks for having me.